Hello, guys, and welcome to the 31st edition of the Next One Podcast. I'm Ron Colling, along with Brennan Smith, Zach Marhamo. I'm not going to do this again. And we're going to have a special guest, Charlie Newman, the King Jew of Worcester, come on later in the show. But how are you guys doing today? Uh, feeling good. It's day, I don't know, of quarantine. And uh, it's, it's, it, was a, it did not rain today, so that's a win. Yeah, so it's going to be May in like three days. So I guess April just wasn't a thing this month because I don't even remember it. I, I feel like we're in March. <laughs> well, if you guys saw my tweet today, I tweeted exactly that. I kind of stole that from Scott Van Pelt on him talking about after the Jordan duck, but I made it my own. And uh, like when I'll he said that, I was like, April has literally been a week long and March was like the longest month of my life. So... I hope that doesn't mean I'm getting used to being quarantined, but that also means that sports timeline's getting constructed down, so it's kind of scary. I think scary spring times. is I think spring is also on halt because the NBA and NHL seasons are also on halt. Because it it just we're still in early spring. Like we don't have that that April that that good weather that rolls around. It's it's still dark, gloomy raining like 40 degree weather we make it snow so i'm convinced that march was just an extra long month this year and we're just going to go straight into may maybe even june who knows who knows if we have may too <laughs> well the massachusetts uh stay-at-home law has been extended to may 18th so i mean we're well on our way well on our way but i would also say this has been the most action-packed past week since March, because we had the NFL draft and the Jordan documentary, and we had the Monster Baby. So, I mean, what more could you ask? Um, let's start with the NFL draft, and I loved this format of the NFL draft. I don't know if it's because I just knew I'd love it no matter what because it's something new to watch, but I think seeing Roger Goodell have to uh, do three rounds of drafting was very funny. Um, I also thought it was interesting how Joe Burrow, his reaction to it was the most calm, like I don't care reaction to getting drafted and everyone else was throwing many parties and clearly not following the 10 person or less rule. You could always see people in the background <laughs> hiding, but what was your guys take on the draft in general? Uh, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty good. I think it was like 15 million people uh, watched or tuned in, and I, th- I saw. I saw a stat. It said um, more people watched the NFL draft than both the uh, semifinals of the college football playoffs, which is actually absurd to think about. Um, especially because like there there was a point where they they weren't even sure that they were going to even have a draft because uh, the coronavirus. Um, but I do. But I do. I did enjoy the memes of like. Um, of like how all the moms of the houses were probably like scrap like running around trying to clean the house because they're about to be on national television. I did highly enjoy those memes. <laughs> I agree. I thought they did a great job. Definitely better than what I expected. Not really um, many missteps throughout the the three days. And they also set. I thought it was interesting that not only did they set um, you know overall record 
for views, but they set records on every single day. So it wasn't like the first night had a ton of people and it obviously drops off of the fact that they set it over three days was pretty interesting. We are, we're really that bored when people are, are watching rounds five, six, and seven on a, on a Saturday. So I know. I but it, 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 yeah, it, it was interesting, especially seeing the, the people in their homes and just how awkward that was compared to that, that first round and, and the presentation they put on there. Um, they, I felt like every time they came back from commercial, they were showing Las Vegas and this is where the draft was supposed to be. And, and they were playing high hopes coming back and that song can like can we please retire high hopes i felt like that's been played in every significant sporting event the last two years so that has to be retired now <laughs> once this is over we had high hopes we're out of the coronavirus we're leaving that song in 2020 in the coronavirus that's going to stay here I, I like that mentality leave all that behind we're at new beginning now um let's get to some of the um other more football related picks i thought we were talking about the sport, the two most hilarious picks. And we knew this would probably happen anyways, but now you have the excuse of we didn't get a full analysis. Like GMs will say, we couldn't analyze all the players, so we just had to go with our gut. That's just a built-in excuse. But the fact that the Cowboys drafted a receiver, you already know Jerry Jones did it just because he recognized the name. And he's on his boat, and he recognized the name. Oklahoma guy, Jerry Jones knows that – Dak will more likely sign a less contract if gets gets him C.D. Lamb, that pick, and Aaron Rodgers has to be absolutely furious at the drafting Jordan Love. Like, it's really a taste of your own medicine because this is basically the Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers thing, but I think Aaron Rodgers was a lot more uh, presumed to be good because he fell in the draft where Jordan Love was projected to be around a late first round pick, and. Fun step before I let you guys talk. Aaron Rodgers has only thrown one touchdown pass to a first-round pick. That's Mercedes Lewis. So Aaron Rodgers, as much as you can't like some of his antics, how he kind of just calls everyone out, he has a reason to be angry because they're a 13-3 and team that is probably more like a 10-6 team, and they did not get better in this draft. I agree they didn't get better. Uh, they For some reason, they drafted – not only did they drafted Jordan Love in the first round, then they drafted A.J. Dillon, a, a bruiser running back in the, um, in the second round when they already have two very good running backs, which just that just made no sense between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Now, now, they have, now they're going to add a third running back in the mix for absolutely no reason. Um, but the whole – the Jordan Love, because a lot of people are compared, comparing the, the Jordan Love Aaron Rodgers to the Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers – but then I looked more into that, and Brett Favre, Brett Favre had told the Packers that he he was only going to play one more year, so they knew that yeah. they needed a quarterback now. You know, so like plus Brett Favre was 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 it like he was past his prime? Aaron Rodgers and past his prime. Make an argument. No, I, I, no, I, no I, ways past the prime. I don't know. Stats have fallen the last three years. I mean, maybe like like a slight difference. He's still he's. I would I would consider him still a top five quarterback in the NFL. I agree. I agree. So and uh, like everybody, the, like the Jordan Love hype is legit because people were com- were comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. Literally, when it's like, <laughs> dude, Patrick Mahomes, like you don't just get those in the draft. It's because he's a guy with a huge arm from. <laughs> 
Well, he was from Texas Tech. Shout out to Texas Tech. Um, but <laughs> like a tall, huge arm guy that was unpresuming. That's literally what probably teams are basing it off of because he stunk yeah. last year. So I, I can't fathom like using a first round pick and it's not going to, it, it might not pay dividends until three or four years. That's crazy. Crazy. I've, I have two conspiracy theories on the two picks we just mentioned, C.D. Lamb and Jordan Love. For C.D. Lamb, I'm, this I'm actually convinced on, that he found out the Eagles were going to take him, and so, so they took him instead. <laughs> Jerry Jones found out that the Eagles were going to take C.D. Lamb, so he said, fuck it, we're going to go for it. Did you see how excited he was when, when that pick was announced when they made that? I mean, I would be excited too if I was drafting C.D. Lamb, but I think that pure excitement – was because he knew that the Eagles had their eyes on him. He he looked like an evil villain on his huge millionaire yacht, like all white, everything. His I think his daughter was holding his phone for him so he could talk to someone. Like Jerry, he's literally the epitome of like a, a cartoon villain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone else was as happy for picking, at least in the first round, than him. Which, I mean, I would be happy because CD Lamb was supposed to be like a – early teens, maybe like in the 10s. Like yeah. The, yeah. Him, him and Judy kind of dropped a little bit. They were supposed to be in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised that rugs went over both of them, but. I mean, a lot of people they, they, like they saw the, like they're, they think rugs is going to be like a Tyreek Hill. Like just outrun everybody. Al yeah. Davis is somewhere in heaven looking down with a smile on his face that the Raiders are sticking to their guns and only picking the fastest guy as their top wide receiver. <laughs> Cause uh, yeah, no, honestly. And even Mayock was ex- like, he was showing excitement for that pick too. And I did not expect that. I thought he was going to be pissed because Mark Davis gave him a call and said, yeah, we're taking Henry Ruggs. You have no choice. <laughs> I'd hate to be a GM and have someone else. What's the point of being a GM? Someone's just going to make the decision for you. <laughs> no. Smitty, what's the next conspiracy? For, I, so I was just looking it up to see if um, Matt LaFleur was also the GM for the Packers. And he's not. I, I didn't think so, but I want to make sure. It's Brian. Brian. Colangelo. No. Kunst. I, I no clue how to say that name. So my conspiracy theory is that Matt LaFleur hates Aaron Rodgers so much. And after one year of being his coach was like, fuck this, that he convinced the general manager <laughs> that they need to invest in this Jordan Love kid in the first round he's give up give me three years with them i'll develop him we have our next guy we're investing in the future when in reality he knew that if they took jordan love aaron Rodgers would be so pissed that he's going to request request the trade so jordan love will be playing within the next year maybe two years and aaron Rodgers will be playing someone at, somewhere else because he's going to request it request the trade and be gone is that your really? hot, take, hot take of 2020 right there is that the take no i i just but i actually think like how Aaron did Rogers. he probably took a court? He probably, I guarantee that played a factor in it that Matt LaFleur was able to get a quarterback because they, they don't want, they don't want Rogers anymore. And why almost, would you not want so Rogers? Now, because they, they probably don't want to deal with him and where the roster is, they may not see the team having that much potential. And, and even though they made the NFC championship, I still think they, they have a lot of flaws and they're still not one of the best teams in the NFC. And maybe, I, I'm not saying they should, but maybe the coach and, and the GM. They want to force him out in order to rebuild. I believe that. 
Um, crazy because I mean, that's crazy. If, if they did that, if they did move on from Rogers and blew it up and try to get, um, you know, they drafted love, but maybe their idea was, um, if they don't get him, they get someone next year. They 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 could they could get Fields if they want to tank, but it would never happen. I mean, they would never win the fan base over to do that or or the ownership as well. What what is what is funny though, um, like when the because the Eagles drafted like Jalen Hurts, uh, and we were just yeah. kind of like. Like what the like what the f like why would you do that you have Carson Wentz who's twenty six years old, um, a lot of a lot of people are like oh well Doug Peterson is gonna make him like a uh, Taysom Hill, it's like, bro, you that's not how it works, dude. You don't use the second round you pick draft for Taysom Hill now. <laughs> that's what I'm saying Taysom Hill was an undrafted free agent. I think he took since he's Mormon. I think he had to do his uh, Mormon trip to Australia or something or South America, because I think Mormons have to, like, after college for two years, go, I forget what it's called. But Taysom Hill, as a rookie, was, like, 26-27 in the NFL. And he's un- undrafted. He's 27, and, yeah. 27. And he literally had to, like, claw his way up. Where your second-round pick, like, the their Patriots, their first pick was in the second round, and we're expecting him to be a starter. So, and Eagles chose – him before that so I don't see the logic in it but Eagles will be Eagles Philadelphia is gonna have another quarterback controversy soon enough because you know <laughs> once Carson Wentz gets hurt and Hurts gets in and goes like three and one it's gonna be a whole thing and I can't wait <laughs> then the Eagles have an out of uh Wentz's contract after the 2021 season so maybe that's what they're looking at. Honestly, if they – I don't know if if they should be concerned if if Wentz really – either he his injury is like that, that's concerned or they're just concerned in his play overall if they should be. But at least give them credit if they do have their concerns that they went and got another guy in case. You know, the teams like the, the Rams, who I think should should have gotten out of Goff's contract, and the Bills, if they, if they drafted Jalen Hurts – I mean that that would be pretty scary, and they give him a chance to win a, a starting uh, starting job this year. I mean they they have a, a legit defense. They just picked up Stephon Diggs. I mean team, if they can get a decent quarterback, they could win the AFC within the next few years. But teams they and and then the the Bears now um, they just they traded for Foles. But teams who invest so much in in a quarterback and then it blows up in their face, and they want to hold on to it as much as they can. But at least least give the Eagles credit if they don't think it's going to work out. They're already preparing for the next guy. True. That's interesting. I mean, I would do everything I could to get – I know they were going after, uh, like you said, C.D. Lamb, but, I mean, couldn't they still got, uh, got the LSU wide receiver Jefferson? I forget if they were – They could have, yeah. They drafted – he was picked uh, – yes. he was taking the next pick. Yeah, they took right Jalen Ragor, so, who I don't know. So, I don't I, – I saw – I actually – I looked into that in some – some analysts, draft analysts, said that um, he probably would have had a better year if he played for LSU. Like, if he played for LSU, he he would have been considered one of the best wide receivers, like top three or four. Um, but but because of that, that's why people were confused that they took him over Jefferson. So, but I don't know. I I didn't even know the guy before, so I have no idea. So, one before we uh, get into Patriots talk, one thing is I hate how people trade grab grade drafts because like it's like impossible like just a few years ago everyone was like absolutely attacking the Raiders for trading Khalil Mack and then all of a sudden now 
I think people are thinking the Raiders won that Cleo Mack trade because they got so many picks, like quality players, out of it. So yeah, these draft analysts, it's almost impossible. Like I could say one thing, and I have just as much of a chance of being right as like anyone on NFL Network, just because yeah, it's impossible to tell. It also always Great. comes back and bites them, like always. Yeah, like any like any like low end pick. Like let's say the bottom three, three, uh, round three down. Like if they end up having a successful career, they always look back on what those draft analysts said and like they just roast them. I'm just like, I'm dude. Those. And these people still have jobs. Yeah. The did you guys see the clip of Bill Polian talking about Tyron Matthew when he was drafted? And he wouldn't even draft him at all. Yeah, he would be off the draft board for. Uh, his attitude, the way he treats his teammates and his coaches. And yep. he's a Hall of Fame GM that makes these decisions. And he's also on the record for hating Lamar Jackson, who's <laughs> running up your teeth. So, I mean, he sh- yeah, he should be converted to a wide receiver or a running back, <laughs> I think. I forget which one. That, that's my Bill Polian is a Hall of Fame GM. He's supposed to be one of the better GMs at making decisions. And if someone like him is blatantly wrong so many times on TV, like everyone else, I don't think there's any science. Like, even Bill Belichick, the best coach of all time, admittedly, he kind of sucks at drafting, especially drafting wide receivers. So, it's literally just a guessing game. You're sticking your hand in the haystack and hoping you don't get a needle. Yeah. Wow. Great analogy, Ryan. I just thought of that, like, off the cuff. All right. So, before Smitty's in charge of uh, getting um, my friend, the Jewish – alpha charlie newman on so before we get him on i just want to talk a few minutes of the patriots and then we're going to give him his warning so patriots draft we draft <laughs> i know the initial reaction we're all texting together on draft night and kyle duggar division two player and smith i know your reaction was absolutely heated but you recovered the next was, day after watching him in the moment was so mad because i thought the defensive talent that was on the board that they were we're going to go after Kenneth Murray, maybe Patrick Queen or AJ Ebenessa. Um, so when they traded out, I, yeah, I was mad. Cause I, I knew that uh, I knew Murray was going to go and he actually ended up going that pick. And I thought maybe Queen w- would fall, but um, the Ravens were smart to pick him up too. Now, do we, what's the initial thought? I, you can't really draft. I can't really judge the players. Cause obviously we're not obsessively watching college football, watching film, analyzing everything. But position-wise, we drafted Kyle Duggar's safety first. First, drew, first three draft picks were defense, which is telling. And the next two were the two tight ends, David, Devin Asasi, I don't know how to say his name. And Dalton. Devin Asiasi. Asiasi? Asiasi, yes. Asiasi. Like an Asiago bagel, but no G. Oh. Yeah. Um, so it was very telling how we went three defense when the defense is our stronger suit. But I think this is Belichick just doubling down. Like, I'm doing what I'm good at. I'm making the defense as best as it can be to carry the offense, in my opinion. Dude, that, like, that's what we were saying on, you know, on previous podcasts. You know, we got to go back to the basics. Good defense and a good tight end. It'll open up – having a good tight end will open up everything we have on offense. And we, gotta, we had to replace Jamie Collins and we had to replace Van Noy. So – and, I mean, I, I and they exact. Go ahead. I, I like. I think. I think our our draft picks. I mean, he drafted with the intention of those at least first four rounds uh, or our first four picks 
of all those guys starting like day one. Yeah, I know. I was going to say he did exactly that, replaced those players. Like Duggar replaced Deron Harmon. Uh, Josh Uche replaced Jamie Collins. And Anfernee Jennings replaced Kyle Van Noy. And all yeah. three of those guys will play right away. Um, Duggar, he's 24. So I, I think that, you know, Division two player. So there will – I mean, there will be some adjustment for him going from Division two to the NFL. But we'll like sleep we, on we were it. talking about it earlier, when, when he um, – when he played in the, in the senior bowl, he, he dominated and, and the, there seemed to be a consensus between, you know, across the league that he was probably going to be a second round pick. So I don't think that Belichick reached too far, but he's, he's going to come in and replace Harmon, especially in three safety sets. And, and that, what I was going to say is him being 24 years old, they probably expect that he is in the physical shape to, to step into the league and take on a role like that right away. Uche will be a great pass rusher and, and Vinoy as well, but he can also drop back and cover too. Like they literally, they literally replace those three players right there. And again, as we said, their, their model, and it's exactly what it was with Brady back in, in the early 2000s when they went on that run, they had a great defense and, and allowed, it made things easier on the offense who did not have as many weapons and, and, you know, didn't have to put a ton of points on the board. And that's, that's definitely their mentality now with Stidham. He's going to be the guy. They, they didn't draft a quarterback. Um, they said that wasn't by design. I, you know, I wonder if, um, if maybe, you know, Hertz fell to the third round, they were going to grab him. Or if Love fell, they were going to take him with that second round pick. Or um, I'm sure they were looking at Fromm in the fifth round, but they obviously decided that they needed a kicker and, and they took, um, they took Raw Wasser with that fifth round pick. And, but and they did have other fifth round picks and they used those to trade up. So and you also mentioned the tight end. I kept saying there's no way that they can go into next year with um, Matt Lacoste and uh, Larry. I always say Larry is a Ryan is as their two tight ends. And I was glad that they, they picked up a few. Yeah, I, I think, Bill, I'm probably wrong about it, but my opinion is he's going for like the defense is going to be a great variety of seasoned veterans. Been there, done that and a lot of hungry young rookies just trying to like make their way in. And I think that's the combination Bill's looking for just to be young and fast, but still have those vets to be able to rely on like McCordy and Hightower and the other McCordy. <laughs> yeah. Like you, they traded that first round pick. They could have, you know, if, if Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray ends up being a stud, they missed out on him. But I, I you know, I think that they decided as we said, that if they still want to be a competitive team, they have a lot of holes they need to fill, especially on defense. And, you know, th these players, they may not end up being, um, you know, pro bowlers every year, but they, they may play, play, serve those roles that he wants in that defense. So, I mean, we'll see. There's definitely some upside with, with these players, but um, I, I don't – like, he wasn't looking for he, – he's looking for what's going to, to fit their needs to still be, you know, one of the best teams in the league next year. Yeah, I agree. And one last point before we add Charlie on to the podcast is my question is this because we traded down a lot. We're accumulating picks. Do you think there will be any attempt unless Stim proves he's a stud? Is there going to be any attempt for the Patriots to draft highly next year for a quarterback? Um, is this the transition year? That's kind of my question. Or do we, I, I, I think it really is, really is all up to Stidham. Like, based on, like, how he – I think we are going to roll with him and roll the punches, the good and the bad with him. And, I mean, if he leads us to a 6-10 and 10 record, then it's a 6-10 and 10 record and we're going to draft a quarterback. But if he leads us 
you know, if, if we make the playoffs, you know, do we, do we need a quarterback, you know, based off how he plays, is it, is it the most essential part of the team? Because I mean, next year, I think the top two quarterbacks will be uh, Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You know, and if you don't, I don't think, I think truly, if you don't have a top 10 pick, you're not getting either of those guys. So I, I really think it's, it's all up to Stidham, how he prepares for this year, how, the, how the whole team comes together. You know, are we, are we winning games, you know, 17, zero, you know, or is he able to actually be an offensive threat for us? I agree completely. I still think, as we just said, they filled those needs on defense and yeah, they may not blow the, the, these terrible teams out and go eight and no and put up these dumb numbers uh, against crappy teams. But I still think that they will have that good defense and be able to grind out wins. And it definitely is going to ride on Stidham. Um, the offense, they have nothing flashy, nothing sexy in it really, but I, I still think they have diversity and, and some players there. Harry in his second year. I mean, when is a, when has Bill ever given up on a player after one year? You know, Dominic Easley is one that comes to mind, but he had injuries. Um, Cyrus Jones, but like play, the players that he did, he dropped yeah, the, he and the players the, he kept dropping the ball, and the and the people that they did give up on on after you know a year, maybe their second year came around and they were phased out. Like it was very very obvious that they were not they were not con- going to contribute to this team, and I still think Harry has shown potential. I mean, he missed the first half of the season due to injury, so. They're only, you know, I think what he maybe ended ended up playing seven or eight games at that point. Um, so I still think there's plenty of potential there. White, Sony, Michelle, they still have that that uh, great offensive line. They haven't traded Tooney. I don't think they're going to now. If they, I think they would have during the draft. So he's going to be here this year. Um, so they and if it just matters on with Stidham coming in, they have these two tight ends now. Um, definitely some diversity there and a lot of athleticism too. So. Um, and that, that is going to make a huge difference. So the, the weapons are there. He's been in the system for a year. You know, now, assuming we have a season, you got to be ready to go. And, and that's, that's what Bill's expectation is going to be. And then if it doesn't work out, then, yeah, they, they have to look for, for a new option. Maybe trade, maybe trade for Aaron Rodgers, huh, Smitty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, though, like, I, I do question if, if they're if, – like there's so much tension there that they might be looking for a way to get to get to for him to to move on because I mean how could you convince how could you convince the fan base that you're going to move on from Aaron Rodgers when he's probably still in his prime and honestly I I would like I I take Aaron Rodgers side in this I would be so pissed if I was him no matter what you, he he's got two three four years left maybe uh, best case scenario for him I think and. It, but the team is still good. If I mean, if they can, I know it's just saying that maybe they don't. They don't think that. In my opinion, I I think they are. I think if they their defense. I mean, when they when he was really in his prime, I I don't think they had a great de- defense. They relied on him and, and their offense. But now they have a good defense. They don't need to rely on him as much. But if they get him some decent weapons, it, they could be the same um, style as the Patriots. So and, and they're only a few few pieces away. They have Devontae Adams and no one else. Literally no one else on that offense. Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Jones. And they drafted the BC guy. Uh, what's his face? Um, uh, the running back? AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. Yes. I, I saw, not to get off topic, but he, he's addicted to eating applesauce. He's a big applesauce guy. Fun fact about AJ <laughs> Dillon. And Pro- probably last why thing, I went to BC because they're all soft. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Um, 
I just think if Jared Stim didn't throw that interception to Jamal Adams against the Jets, I think we'd look at Jared Stim a lot differently than we currently look at him. Because in the preseason, he was nice. He, he had some good moments in the preseason. It is the preseason, but I think people would look a lot less skeptical at him. I think people would give him a lot more of a chance if he didn't throw such a bad interception on his first NFL throw. Very true, very true. All right, so, Smith, if you want to add Charlie, hopefully he's by his computer. Um, Charlie, just give him we'll, – we'll wait to get on to give him his warning. But he, to give a background, he's a big Michigan fan. Pat's – Oh, I hit join, so he's joining now. Let's go. Charles Newman. He's connecting the audio. Okay, so I think the Patriots drafted Michigan guys just to fill the void of Tom Brady. That's my conspiracy theory that – we drafted Michigan guys just to fill the void of Tom Brady from Michigan leaving. Um, that's that's a terrible theory. I agree. <laughs> can you hear uh, us? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, it's good. there it is. Yo. Hey. All right. What's up, guys? So, how's it going? I'm. Good. We're welcoming Charlie Newman. But this is Charles Newman. Very formal. Thank you, Charlie. I did a. So I'm very happy to have you on the podcast. I did a terrible job of. Um, hyping you up to him which is my bad oh no yeah he he really he really did not sell you at all just to (laughs) give you a fair warning he did not he did a terrible job so so what did you say (laughs) what what did i say i i at the end i fixed i said i think charlie out of all my friends from worcester is the best uh option for a podcaster and you said you'd bring your steve nay heat so i mean that was a joke but but thank you. <laughs> that's well. That's what sold us. So now, now we're expecting it. Right, so oh, shit. okay. Don't bring the heat, or you're just terrible. We're just gonna have to cut you off. But I expect you to be fire. So I don't think that'll be an issue. All right. So serious question: Am I allowed to swear on this? Hell, hell yeah. yes. Ryan's okay. mother doesn't approve, but yes, it's okay. Yeah, I I won't swear, but Smitty loves swearing. When Hennessy's on, Hennessy has the mouth of a sailor. sailor. Yes, that was the word. Okay. <laughs> you can drop F-bombs. I won't edit them out because I'm very lazy. But Charlie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just first of all, Mrs. Connolly, if I say a bad word, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the podcast. Um, Charlie, you are a big Michigan guy. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so how do you like Jim Harbaugh? That's my first question out the bat. Are you a Jim Harbaugh fan? Um, dude, I honestly, I, I can't give you a straight answer. Like it, it just, I changed from hating him to really liking him to hating him to, I, I don't know, man. I'm just after, after what, four years, five years, I just don't know what to think to be honest. Who, who do you hate more Jim Harbaugh or Matt Patricia? Cause you're also a Lions fan. Jim Harbaugh or Matt Patricia? Well, I think Jim Harbaugh's a better coach, obviously. Matt Patricia is not – I don't know. I don't think he's a good coach. But anyways. I have um, a theory that Belichick hasn't hired a defensive coordinator because he knows that Matt Patricia is going to need a job in a year. True. Do you agree with that? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not – first of all, I'm, I'm a Lions fan. I'm not a Pats fan. But – Yeah. Um. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, does like does Belichick really like keeping his coaches around that much? I don't know. 
I honestly, yeah, no, I do. Him and him and Saban in that documentary they did on HBO, they talked about how they didn't like when uh, people they like gave opportunities to just kind of left like unexpectedly, or even went to like rival teams, or or like his if he had uh, say like Matt Patricia or uh, yeah Matt Patricia left and he took a bunch of assistant coaches with them. He said he hated when people did that. Understandable. I mean. I don't know. I don't know if Belichick would do that, but it's possible. <laughs> I think Patricia tries to be like him theorist? too much. That's why. I wait. Wait. What, what was that, Ryan? Are you? You're not a Belichick conspiracy theorist at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No. So I'm gonna get right into it and ask. I'm sure you don't watch um, Michael Onweni. Is that how you say it, Smitty? Oh. Onweni. Onweni. I think. Oh, Onwenu. Oh, wait. You at the end. Do you mean the O lineman? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, I don't. I like. I don't know shit about him. Like, who cares about who cares about linemen in college? Like, whoa, Linemen are the pride and joy of the team. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. I'm in terms of like reporting. Like, no one ever talks about him. He may not even make the team. Honestly, yeah. he may yeah. not. So he will. We he's a pass. He's a he's a pass protector with limited athleticism. That's all I saw and all bro, I needed to know. Bro, that's a scouting report, Smitty. Yeah, we just, that, that's we, not. We just talked about how scouting reports are always wrong. We just <laughs> talked about it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Shut up, all right. <laughs> so, my question for you, Charlie. I'm assuming you know more of Josh Uche. Uche. Yes. Yes. Tell us about. Him. Did you like him? Do you think? He'll be any good for the Pats. All right. Well, first of all, yes, I do. I, th- I think it's a great pick. So he, first of all, he's from Florida. So, like, he's, he's automatically good. <laughs> he's from Florida. <laughs> so, um, so, okay, so his freshman and sophomore year, he, like, barely played. I mean, he played, he played some, but, like, he really didn't get, like, a lot of snaps. Um, but, like, he, he was still really good. So his junior year. Like, he just went off. He didn't even start, but he won second team, second team all defensive, I think. Yeah, second team all defensive Big Ten, not not even a starter. And then his senior year, he was first team. He had, like, nine sacks or something like that. Eight and a half, uh, and he played yeah, and basically he played basically 50% of the defensive snaps. Yeah, yeah, and he had that many sacks. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I think that's a question, like why he's drafted so low, is because he is so good and so athletic. Why did he play so little? So, um, first of all, he's only six one. Like, it's not he's not that big. I, I mean, he's, he's two forty five, which eh, I don't know. Like for for an NFL linebacker, that's like not. He looks small. He looks very yeah. small, but he's it, his athleticism definitely makes up for it. Oh yeah, like he he is quick. He's he's really fast. Um, Do you think he'll it, play like, like a Jamie Collins role? Um, I don't think, honestly, once he just needs to become like a better pass protector. And I think like his game will be almost complete because pass like, rusher, you mean? no, 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 no. no. Oh, just, oh, just like in secondary, like cover. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 Like in the secondary, but he, um, yeah. What was I going to say? Totally forgot. What I was going to say, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I got he this. needs to become a better. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like his, <laughs> so like his biggest weakness was his instincts, partly because like he hadn't played, he just hasn't played that much. 
Um, I think he tore his meniscus when he was like a sophomore or junior. So he kind of has that too. But like his instincts aren't that good. But I feel like if you don't have good instincts, like going to Belichick, like that's the best possible move. Do you, you know? have an NFL comparison for him, for his potential? Uh, uh, his potential. Like, if he could, like the, best, the best he could be, what's an NFL comparison? Um, Put him on the spot. I love it. Make him think. I'm trying to think of um, Quan Alexander, maybe. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> was he, is he on the 49ers or was he on the 49ers? Yeah. Oh, he's, I, I, he, he's now on the 49ers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say Quan Alexander, realistically, and maybe more like, I don't know, uh, hope, hopefully uh, Luke Keekley, but that, that's a little. <laughs> that, that's a little. That's uh, for the stars. Yeah, but did he I, play I, any coverage in Michigan? Like every every clip, every highlight I saw of him was him pass rushing. Most, yeah, like he, he probably eighty percent of the time, he like he was a pass rusher. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he he just hasn't done a lot of that. Mostly because Michigan got like Michigan either sacked them before they could even pass the ball, or or they played terrible Big Ten quarterbacks. So, so it wouldn't even matter anyways. Um, Speaking yeah. of terrible Big Ten quarterbacks, um, the Patriots signed unrestricted free agent. Brian Lewerke? Brian Lewerke. Oh, yep. my God. Yeah. That guy sucks. He's so <laughs> bad. Dude. He's so bad. I've heard terrible things about him, so I just wanted to hear your opinion about him. Dude, I mean, listen, Mi- Michigan beat them by, like, 26 points, so you know how bad they are. <laughs> Or is it, you don't think you, that team? clip? What were you saying? So you go, Smitty. That that clip of him where he fumbled the snap on third down and goes like 15 yards back and oh just hucks it as soon as he picks it up and and it gets picked off was great. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that clip going around and I I didn't. It was I didn't realize that was the same guy who they had signed. <laughs> isn't he a isn't he a lefty? Is he? I don't know. I thought I think I think he is. No. <laughs> I don't think there's been. I saw on um, there hasn't been a lefty quarterback since Kellen Moore. Like there was no lefty quarterback last year. Wow. Well, Moore's the last lefty quarterback to play in the NFL. Like first year, two was a lefty quarterback. That, that's what I'm saying. That, so two, two is lefty, the first yeah. one since then. Wow. But we also signed uh, um, who is it from uh, Louisiana State? I forget his name, but I don't get why we even bother getting – unless it's just for the cheap and just, you know, screw it. They'll cost $30,000. Try them out. But – They're camp arms. That's it. Who? They're camp arms. Like, literally, they're going to come in for passing camps and preseason, and then they're going to get cut. Or maybe one of them will make the practice squad. Yeah. I would so be on a practice squad, dude. Yeah, why like so get over a hundred thousand to just be a practice guy? Yeah, did you get shit on by a couple of NFL pros? Sure, I don't care. Yeah. I don't get why not. So or, they signed Jamar Smith from Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. So and Brian Lewerk is a righty quarterback. Yeah, right-handed. So I, I I saw that today. Like people like 
saying Michigan State's offense was actually one of the worst in the Big Ten, and we signed their quarterback. So I just thought that was funny. It was. It was terrible. <laughs> it was, it they brought was, him in. They brought him in to uh, scout against Josh Allen in preseason. <laughs> <laughs> or make the defense feel really good about itself when they make plays against a quarterback, maybe. Yeah, yeah. definitely like that. that. <laughs> so, try. I want to get your opinion because I think you texted me about it when this happened. Our kicker, Justin Warhauser, is that how you say his name? I think so, something like that. So, Warwasser. Warwasser. So, he got some sort of extremely right wing tattoo. Like, that was like basically anyone could talk about rounds four through seven because there's nothing to talk about, anyways. Yeah. Yes. But that was like the main thing they talked about. So, I just, and he was quoted saying that he, he mistakenly got it and didn't know what it meant and thought it was just supporting your country. So, I just wanted to get your whole opinion on the take. We don't go too political, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and listen, listen I, I'm not trying to be the PC police here, <laughs> but <laughs> seriously, seriously, if, 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 if Ryan knows me, Ryan knows that I'm not PC at all. No. Correct, Ryan? <laughs> You're very on PC all the time. Unless yes. in public. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, honestly, like – he pro, uh, he must have been what eighteen when he got the tattoo or something like that. That's, That's what he said. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So he said he was eighteen. And do you really think that like he was dumb enough to not know what that meant? Like when he got it, and then even now, like how how would he not know what that meant? I don't. I I feel like it's kind of bullshit, and I also feel like it's kind of bull how the NFL is just making him like cover it up, like. The symbol, like, it's a pretty bad symbol. Like, they're like a right-wing militia group or, so, or something like that. I don't get how he'd be able to find the tattoo in the first place. Like, how do you yeah. find it and think it's – you have to have, like, some sort of, like, reasoning to find it because I've never seen it until Saturday. I mean, honestly, like, there's a lot of stupid people. So someone could just, like, like look up, like, oh, like – something like right wing tattoo because like if you're right wing then you can get that you can get a tattoo and they just got something harmless but i don't know like i i feel like the nfl should definitely make him get rid of it but they're just making him cover it up so i don't know i think he said he's going either like he said he's going to get it removed now yeah he he acknowledged he said he said at first i said i was going to cover it get it covered but now i think it would just be best to remove it Oh okay, well, so. I I mean, I, I guess that's a good thing then. But but like, it, it's crazy that he that he didn't know about it. Yeah. So do you do you know exactly? Like, I know basically like what you just said, and I know that they're they're kind. Of, they say they're not anti-government, but basically, they are against government having, uh, like influence at the local level, and they're willing to fight u.s forces if it comes to that like basically revolt against the government like what everyone's tying racism to it and like are there things they've done in the past like racist things because i i like tried looking things up and i couldn't find that much on it so that's where like i'm confused on where that tie comes in or is it just like all the people that are part of it are also just very racist people in general yeah for for, so i think you're definitely right about like the second one like the second part okay that's what i figured yeah, like those are the type of people that you saw at like Charlottesville, you know. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so like not the best people, but 
No, they're know. actually no. Like there were there were members at, at like there were members in Charlottesville. Oh, yeah. really? There were. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, it's pretty bad, but at least he's getting rid of it. I guess. Yeah. I read. I saw that in an article because I was like trying to read articles on both sides of it. Like so, um, just some of the like regular articles that try to like stay down the middle, just present the facts, and then articles that were like there's people who are pushing for the Pats to not sign his rookie deal like they should just cut ties with them now and I read something about there there being people present with that tattoo in Charlottesville so I'm gonna look that up I mean he could have just made the mistake when he was 18 years old he could have been like influenced by somebody or by a group of people you know like as long as like he doesn't still feel that way I think I think that's the big thing yeah yeah, and like, like whoever knows if he even ever did feel that way. So, yeah. yeah. And my my opinion is, if you're a football player, like in football, especially playing at Marshall, I'd say probably seventy five percent of his teammates are black, and <laughs> a few of the people that come on, like that I've seen talk about him, had nothing negative to say about him. So I think, at least that's a sign. Like that, I feel like you can tell. Like Riley Cooper, I feel like teammates never liked Riley Cooper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Riley Cooper. <laughs> so I think if he was like that far right wing and believed it, I think teammates would probably be able to pick up on it and would probably say no comment about him. But like people, like went out of their way to like say he's not like that, and that's a mistake. But I mean, we'll find out and see. He, I think the Pats signed him because he hit a game winner, like fifty-three yard field goal against a. Uh, he was 14 for 14 in any fourth quarter or overtime kicks. So, wow. Need that. Right, right wing clutch gene, I guess, you know. <laughs> our, yeah. Our right wing. I, yeah. I, uh, I, like, did any of you guys know what, what that was before? Like, did any of you guys know what three percenters were before? Did you know what no it was? Have you was. heard of it before? No, like, I, I never I, heard of People, I can understand people who he interacted with not knowing what that was and just not picking up on, especially when he has so many tattoos, but, and I, I think it's unfair for, for people to say like, how did no one ever notice? Like no one, no one really knows what that is, but I mean, maybe that's just up here. Maybe it's more popular down South, but um, I agree completely. How do you like, how do you get that on your body and just not. How you find it in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that yeah. your go-to one instead of just like the American yeah. flag or something? <laughs> <laughs> but i mean well only he will ever know his true um like reasoning for it whether it was an actual mistake or not but i mean at the end of the day if he's not causing problems and he's uh making field goals better than Gaskowski was at the end of his career i won't complain and as a fellow jew to ryan right ryan <laughs> I, I made sure to know where the, the, those those types of groups don't really like us. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. so I mean, and Robert Kraft's Jewish. <laughs> so, I, oh yeah, yeah. I see it. <laughs> so I Rick. I looked up the I looked up the Charlottesville connection with, with the the three percenters, and they there were armed militias there. I think they were like separate. I don't know if they were just other 
other white supremacy groups or, or, or whatever. And there were just members of three percenters that were also members of that. But they've released a statement after saying that they're aware of um, like mo- people who are part of these militias that were also three percenter members and they were distancing themselves from um, yeah. from those members. Yeah. So so it's not like they had like like a like a chapter down in, in Carolina who who were like a part of it officially or something, but they it's definitely like that second thing that you had mentioned where they just have a lot of people who are racist and it just overall it's just not it, it's just a bad group of people. Just bad yeah. people. Bad people. Yeah. Yeah. No boops. No boops for them. Um <laughs> no. So moving on from that, uh the last yeah. talk for the day, unless this goes by quick, then maybe we can do a hill to die on. But last talk I have uh, one did, question for you, Ryan. Yep. So, why are you wearing a Texas Tech hat? <laughs> um, two two reasons. Two reasons. I'll give you why I'm wearing it. Is because my hair is just I haven't had a haircut since February, so <laughs> it's looking okay. bad under here. Second is my uh, fellow friend and podcaster Zach and I. Zach had a internship at Texas Tech with the strength and conditioning program, so. Oh, nice. I traveled down there and I forgot I had this hat. Like, I got it at the airport. And, like, when Zach saw it, I was like, hey, when did you get that? And I just, like, could not remember when I got it until, like, a few hours late. Like, I just, I think it was a blank minded purchase. I just wanted to buy it. And yeah, those, I checked them at the airport. It was cost like 35 bucks, bro. Yeah, it was like 35 wow. bucks. And <laughs> I don't know why I bought it, to be honest. I, I like the hat. I mean, you just wanted proof that you were there. I just want that clout exactly that <laughs> in there. And the funny thing about it, what, what town is Texas Tech in? Uh, Lubbock. Lubbock. Oh, yeah. So I'd never heard of Lubbock, Texas before. And after I went there, like maybe once every like two or three weeks, I'll hear someone on the radio like trashing Lubbock, Texas, for, like whatever reason. I'm like, how come I've never heard of this place until now? And it's top 10 most boring places in the country. <laughs> No, it was, it's like a big place, but literally nothing to do there except go to a Mexican-style grocery store. Um, we that doesn't, that doesn't sound bad. They had some cool-looking food there. Um, yeah. The food was good. We we drove in um this random uh like mobile home lot, and I I was never more scared in my life like to get out of there because have you guys ever played Grand Theft Auto Five? <laughs> yes. <It's> like <laughs> I think so. when you when you're in the bum country west like all like the people outside their homes and like their fold-out chairs like i was that one street was literally just like gta 5 and i was scared that what street was this in lubbock yeah remember when we took a wrong turn we <laughs> worked on this road and oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and i was pretty concerned for myself it like, turns out i actually like i also found out from like the, the people that i was working with they were like oh wow you're like right on the borderline from like the really really bad part of lubbock i'm like oh good to know <laughs> you're like that that was the, that was the slums of Lubbock, Texas, and <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. So that's why I have the hat, you know. Okay, waiting uh, for I, Trevor Phillips to come out and attack you. It was literally like I thought. I, there's literally Trevor Phillips. I thought like <laughs> someone like that was gonna come out and like try to like with a beer, glass beer in hand, like break the beer and go after us, especially in a Subaru. I mean, we did not fit in. What's talking about, bro? My car whips. A Jew and a Muslim in Lubbock, Texas, does not. <laughs> in a Subaru. <laughs> in a Subaru. Was, like, 
<laughs> we could not have been more out of place. It's a red stain on a white carpet. Just completely <laughs> not supposed to be there. And uh, but it, it was stuff. Once we escaped, it was a funny moment. Escaped, even though they're probably nice people, and I'm just a dick. Like they could be great people, just down on the tough times, and I'm being an asshole. So I'm sorry to those people if you're nice. Um, <laughs> if you're listening. If, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> Follow us on the next one podcast, and we can talk about it. Um, <laughs> so last topic of the day, just because we went on that tangent, is the Jordan documentary. Um, and one thing about Jordan documentary, then we'll get into it. But um, Bill Simmons <laughs> on Twitter had like a whole article saying that Dennis Rodman doesn't say anything interesting. What? Like, you guys not see that? He said that like Dennis Rodman isn't interesting. And on today on um uh, on the herd with Colin Cowturd, he was saying that he Dude, agrees. I love I love him. Don't disrespect him. I I think he, he's like. He's the dad of sports TV, and yeah. his his daughter's simp army is hilarious. So I'm <laughs> okay with it. They are they they are like definitely the, the funniest group on Twitter. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, have you seen their uh, uh what's his daughter's name? Uh, Liv. Liv Cowherd. Have you seen? Yes, I've army? seen it. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a fellow simp of that army, but I hey, hey, I don't believe you, bro. Of course not. Of course not. Ryan. I, Definitely I not. I don't subscribe to anything of hers whatsoever. I promise. <laughs> um. Anyways, so but yeah, Colin Coward and Bill Sims were saying that like, Des Rom's not interesting, and I'm like, how can, like he he can be tame. He's not just a wild person like making wild claims. Like, he's literally best friends with the dictator of North Korea, who could be dead right now. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm shocked no one's asked him about that. Or at least haven't seen it. Um, no, they no. He's been asked about it. Rodman. Yeah. What has he said? Well, I don't know if he's been asked about it, but he released a statement saying that he's like praying for like the rumors are false and that he is like recovering. I'm sure Kim Jong Un hasn't like sent him on a flight to visit him if he's alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, weirdest friendship ever. Like, yeah. We're just saying, and, and Rodman kind of has like no choice in that because it, it, it probably honestly it's probably good for our country if he just pretends to be his friend. I mean, he probably is his friend, honestly. But we can dive into this episode because the third episode was about Dennis Rodman, and the first like like the most clear thing everyone's talked about is how the hell was he able to go on a forty-eight hour plus vacation in the middle of a season and get no like repercussions for it like if that happened today oh my god <laughs> colin coward would be having an aneurysm probably <laughs> Bro, that's just that's just that's how you do that's the proper way how to do load management instead of just missing a game you should just go to vegas for 48 hours yeah. and get steam. away with it because no one like there's no social media there's no iphones like you can you can get away with that i mean they showed the fans but it there wasn't i there definitely wasn't nearly as much attention as there would be now yeah definitely not um and another funny part and i'll let you guys talk about because i'm kind of hogging the time how i what was the um the lady he did was carmen electra carmen electra Electra, yeah how like michael (laughs) jordan said he knocked on his door and he's like i'm not gonna say what happened behind that door and then it panned right to carmen electra's like 
Well, Michael Jordan knocks on the door. <laughs> 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 you could have told Michael Jordan your. He could have told the story for us. He had to have that pan. I thought that was funny. D- didn't he also date Madonna or something like that? Also dated yeah. Madonna. That like, h- how did a guy like that do that? I mean, I, I think Madonna the- just goes for. <laughs> Like Madonna also dated Michael Jackson for a little, so I think Madonna just dates the like, most weird, interesting people to get. Yeah, to. that's my opinion. I'm pretty sure it said someone said in the documentary that Madonna thought he was cute after he first dyed his hair. He he uh, bleached it, and then they started. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I just want to get whoever wants to go first. We'll we'll see Zach. You can go first. What was your favorite moment from? the George documentary or most memorable. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I liked, I love Dennis Rodman's impersonation of like how he, how he would uh, train to get the rebounds. It'd be like, click, click that. And then it'd be bop, bop, bop. I thought that was hilarious. And then now there's a bunch of memes about it. So, and it, something I love about the George documentary is that so many memes are coming out of it. So I love that. And then the beef between how, uh, the beef between Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan is still around to today and how they still hate each other. Or Isaiah Thomas doesn't show that he hates him. Michael Jordan clearly hates him. And it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas is always just like smirking. He always has the same look on his face the whole entire time. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas is such a fake nice guy. Isaiah Thomas behind the scenes is definitely an asshole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my opinion. Now he's trying to play like a sympathy card with the uh dream team saying like it's unfair that he was left off if it's if it was for that reason which which is inherently hilarious and why he's the goat obviously also but, i don't know why people are saying that lebron because they came out the mj rules right and legit the mj rules like yeah there was like one two three four five maybe one or two actually made sense you know like you know force and baseline but the other three were like, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Bro, so I'm like, whoever tells me LeBron can't play with them, I, like, Ryan, I saw the thread that you reposted. Uh, terrible. I'm like, I, that's I, just that LeBron playing in thread. this league. You tell me you're putting a 6'8", 250 power forward, and, you, and you'd get bullied by freaking Bill Lambeer? Get out of here, man. You, you wouldn't get bullied, but it's the mentality they play. Like, LeBron – it's also on the NBA, like LeBron flops because he knows he can get the call and it'll help his team. I'm sure he wouldn't do that back then. That's, that's my point. But it's a thought that if he had that same mentality playing in the 80s basketball, how <laughs> that's such a stupid flop. comparison. You can't, you can't do that. You can't he would, put he would a have player from one era. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Mike Jordan didn't work out then. I'm sure, even though I hate watching LeBron work out because it's a very quinn-worthy thing watching, like, how he works out. Even though I, I love Jordan's pink uh, weightlifting gloves. Mm, he he, <laughs> he, he kind of <laughs> lost some points watching him overhead press, and he, he's like, oh, I get to this face. <laughs> I yeah. loved it. But once he started talking about strength training, I was like, oh, yeah. Now, <laughs> now we're getting into it. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Okay. Smitty, what was your favorite part of the doc? I absolutely love the um, everything with the Pistons. Uh, they go over a lot of that in the bad boys 30 for 32. And they talk about the Jordan rules and how he started working out after the, um, their first playoff matchup in, I believe 89, or maybe it was, maybe it was 90 after they went back to back. Um, but, 
Okay. And then also, I love how Jordan still, uh, his anger, obviously with that, but with uh, Game seven, Scotty Pippen's migraines too, he's still so upset about that uh, to this day. But, uh, figure maybe he would get over that too or cut his teammates some slack, but um, that he's, he's still so pissed about that. And he, he wants to call Scotty soft on it, but he, he's not going to publicly shame him like that, like that. Yeah. His animosity towards Scotty Pippen, like literally just like blaming him for it to this day. Not like, yeah, yeah he was like, had like a migraine. He's dizzy. Can't see. Like, I'm sure Scotty Pippen's going to be the first one to want to come back in the game. And also I felt like, it was a roast to Scottie Pippen saying like he didn't have that drive to be Michael Jordan. Like I feel like it was a mini roast session of uh, Scottie Pippen, which is Michael Jordan was just better. That's it. Like he, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think you can compare their drives really. I think they're well, like also until they changed the offense to that, the triangle offense that, um, that Phil Jackson was pushing with the other assistant coach. I mean, the other coach was legit, like give the ball to Michael and everybody get the hell out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so what's Scotty Pippen supposed to do? Scotty Pippen's like, okay, like, I'll, I'll try to score when I get the ball, but the offense isn't built around me. You know, it's not – I'm not the focal point. So, once they, once they designed the other offense, now everybody was actually getting involved, and that's when they actually became a good team. Which yeah, makes me think I that uh, maybe Michael Jordan isn't the best player of all time. No, see, I'm, this is what I'm getting to. I saw Ooh. a tweet that said Michael Jordan needed the triangle system in order to be great. Great, and LeBron is the system, which is just a terrible take because Jordan was already he was he was already winning scoring titles. It's they had other talent, and they yeah because they had other talent. You can't win an NBA championship by yourself. I don't care if you're Jordan, if you're LeBron, Kobe, whatever. You cannot do it by yourself. You need at least one other guy. And with that, they were able to get other people involved and actually use the other four players on the court. Jordan, like hit. He was already winning scoring titles. He was trying to do too much. They needed to utilize the other players around. So what's wrong with the LeBron system? What's wrong with the LeBron system? He's just not as good. He's three, three and six in the final. Oh my oh. gosh, bro! <laughs> the, the, I, I was saying that's a terrible take because the only Jordan, legit one, what the only real loss that should be counted was is the Mavs. What? No, and the Spurs bro. too. The Spurs were still a good team. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I mean. That lo- that loss should count. Yeah, I could. His last one against Golden State shouldn't count. And then what about the year that they freaking they Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt? I mean, it was him and Timmy. It was him and Timothy Mo- uh, Mozgov. Bro, come on. Hey, he got a big uh, contract after that. I really don't think that NBA Finals record is like the best way to to gauge that. I agree. I definitely. Like, I do think a lot of his shouldn't count. Because he was by himself, so I'll give you that. Like, LeBron? like, do you count Kevin Durant? LeBron, yeah. What no. like, championship Durant? is worth more than Kevin Durant's two championships? I would rather win an uh, freaking BYB championship. That's BYB championship and <laughs> and freaking Kevin Durant's championship is the same weight, same weight right now. Charlie BYB is Braintree Youth Basketball Championship for a reference. Oh, Braintree Squad. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to find the uh, quote, but I think this is from the second episode. No, no, it's probably still the first with the bad boys. I forgot which one. Um, where uh, Michael Jordan's talking about the triangle offense, and he's like, yeah, I don't want what, – what's what's the center's name from? Oh, Chicago? Bill Cartwright. He's like, I don't want Bill Cartwright with the ball five seconds left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny. 
And then they played a video of him breaking the next shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fade away and just, like the side of the backboard or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I, I love how they inadvertently Craig... like shit on people during the show. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, him and Craig Elo took huge L's. Craig Elo, <laughs> the guard from uh, yeah. the Cavs. <laughs> and I think this I think this is the second one where uh, after they beat the Pistons and Smitty, you're gonna have to help me with names again because I'm awful at names. Um, when they're on the plane and Mike joins to the camera and it's like, yeah, this guy, he, he gets the mom. Oh. <laughs> Huge alcoholic. Huge alcoholic. Don't show my mom this. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot his name, but. No, I think that was after they won the championship. I forget it. Oh, yeah, that was, was after they won the championship, but I, I, know, I, I forget the name. Michael Jordan. He only played, he only played with the Bulls that year. Oh. So, Michael Jordan. Let me find it. Just roasted, just roasted him and then kicked him off the team. Michael Jordan and LeBron James are two completely different people where, like, Le- I think LeBron James does everything behind their, like, people's backs. Like, obviously, this is just me b- being biased a little. But Kobe and Michael Jordan, at least stories-wise, like, they say everything up front right to their face. Like, Jordan is not afraid to be an asshole on camera on the documentary or in person at practice because half the stories are Michael Jordan just yelling at people in practice and watching Steve Kurt like still love Mike Jordan after like getting punched in the face after a practice like <laughs> it just shows the respect that he like he's one of those people that demands respect and you just have to accept it the uh teammate on the plane that was Scotty Burrell Scotty Burrell Scotty Burrell and th- yeah and then so that was his only year with the Bulls and and they won he got his ring um, and then the MJ quote on the triangle offense was everybody has an opportunity to touch the ball, but I didn't want Bill Cartwright to have the ball at five seconds left. That's not equal opportunity offense. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. I, after watching what they cut to the fadeaway jump shot that had no chance of going in. It's very true. And so the second episode was more geared towards Phil Jackson and I like this episode just because you see just how like uh, like Phil Jackson operates and he's definitely not a normal coach. And Charlie, I'm going to ask you what your favorite part of this episode was. But my favorite part for me was when Phil Jackson compared uh, Dennis Robin to uh, as, like some creature that walked backwards. And it's just basically him telling him, Dennis Robin that he's a weird guy. And I thought that was like the funniest way to do it. And Dennis Robin... I like how Dennis Rahm can acknowledge that he's a diva and he needs a lot of like special treatment to work. And Phil Jackson, does, like after this documentary, you should see like he deserves a lot of credit. Like he is probably the best coach of all time. Where in basketball, it's all about just making personalized work. It's not necessarily the offense where even though the triangle offense did improve the team a lot. NBA, it's all about having talent and managing the talent and. I think Phil Jackson's the master of uh, managing talent. Like even with Kobe and Shaq, how they hated each other, but still won three championships. It's just how you can mesh everything together. But Charlie, I want to get your opinion on the Phil Jackson episode. What was your favorite part from that one? From the Phil Jackson episode? Was that the second one? The, the last one, the most recent one. Oh, oh, actually, I've only seen the first three. Oh. So I've not seen the fourth. But, but I mean, like I know what happens, but I don't know any like specific quotes from it. So can't really answer that one, but 
I can answer my favorite part of the whole thing. Okay. Well, I, I like it's my favorite, but it like I don't know. I felt kind of bad. It was one. Uh, I think it was was it Rodman? He was uh, he was berating the owner like on the bus. Like he was just like just going into him, and it wasn't just that. Like he was doing it in the locker room too. He was doing it like in public. I thought it was Scotty Pippen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, was, that was Scotty. It was Pippen because he was pissed about his contract. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I, I like I I honestly don't think that that guy was a bad owner, and I, I like I don't think that he deserved that. Like, like he he was just some short guy, some like short fat guy who just like was trying to do the right thing. That that's what about Jerry Krause? Yeah, Jerry Krause. Yeah, he. Well, I, th- I think this is the third episode. Watching him dance with uh Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen's like. Jerry, sit your fat ass down. (laughs) 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 That that was in 91 where, like, that Scotty probably just signed his contract, so there wasn't any beef. But still, they just loved shitting on Jerry Krause for whatever reason. And imagine getting to shit on your boss every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like that's that's so embarrassing. That's so embarrassing for him. (laughs) (laughs) Have, like, all these, like, elite athletes just roast you the whole time, like, and that was 91 where there wasn't a beef where in 98, like all the beef was there. So yeah, that, that's a good well, one. I like that. Also with the Phil Jackson episode, Ryan, um, can we acknowledge the fact that when he started his coaching career in that, in the league, I've, uh, what country? Puerto Rico, Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. And the, the guy shot a referee and was just suspended from all home games. The, the mayor. The mayor of the town he coached and shot a referee, and yep. his punishment oh was God. just not being able to go to home games. <laughs> that was wow. hilarious. That was funny. Like also, also, I do agree, Ryan. I think Phil Jack, like major props, to Phil Jackson, like definitely, like probably, like highlighting all of his like all of his accomplishments and like his rise in the league, like probably puts him like the best coach of all time. And you have to give Jerry Cross credit for going off of Doug Collins, where Doug Collins was doing an okay job, like getting him to the playoffs, but Jerry Krause knowing that Phil Jackson was going to give him a better chance to win, where like he was going to push the team rather than just give the ball to Jordan. Everyone moved the hell out of the way. And like, that's where you give Jerry Krause credit. Like he did everything. And they emphasize this every time the documentary, he did everything, but uh, sign Jordan. And like, in t- today's time, like, a normal GM wouldn't care about it. But for some reason back then, Jerry Cross like, needed that credit where. Am I muted? I accidentally muted you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, um, yeah, I was muted for, like, three seconds there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's okay. Um, uh, what I was saying. Uh, you were saying Jerry that Jerry Krause did everything but draft Jordan. And, like, for some reason, his little man syndrome just kept, like, kicking in, and <laughs> he just couldn't allow that. Like, if he could have just got over that and be okay with it, he'd probably be seen as, like, top 10 GMs of all time. But, like, I don't know. Like that, He probably wouldn't get credit. that credit, but the fact that he asked for it, people were just like, no, if you're now you're a dick and we don't like you. Exactly. It's just that thing in life where you can – it's just like getting a nickname. Like, if you ask people to call you something, people aren't going to want to call you that. Like, you can't yeah. give yourself a nickname. It has to come organically. Like, Jerry Cross can only get credit 
organically like people acknowledge him you can't ask for credit yeah i you mean they made credit. they 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 made the move to to get pippen in the draft and then with rodman he saw that if if he came in and had the leadership uh and guidance of um of pippen and jordan that he they'd be able to tame him and and i loved how they talked about that first meeting where they asked Rodman, why did he have issues with other teams? And he said, because all the GMs wanted to be his friend. And Jerry Krause was like, I don't want to be your friend. I'm, I'm an ugly old fat fuck and you have rings up your ass. <laughs> like that's, I mean, he approached, he really did approach that situation like the, the right way. And that's why it worked so well. Um, you know, and, and they were able to win another three, three rings with him. Yeah. That, that was a funny part too. And it's so weird that, they're allowing all these F-bombs and swears on ESPN. It's not even, like, late at night. This is at 9 o'clock at night, how they're just dropping F-bombs. I, I just think that's funny how they just kind of <laughs> let it slide. You, you didn't watch the uncensored one on ESPN2? No, no, I watched, yeah, I watched it. Was not, I thought ESPN2 was the censored one. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. They had a censored one on ESPN2, which I, I thought was also kind of stupid. Like, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the point. why would you show two? Just show one. Just so the kids can watch and the parents can feel happy about it. Is yeah, yeah. All, all the kids who've who who don't even know who Michael Jordan is and <laughs> yeah, doing Fortnite dances along with it. <laughs> um, so somebody did I ask you what your favorite part was from the Phil Jackson one. No, it was pretty much that what I just said that the interaction and and um the the bold choice to fire Doug Collins too when they like you said were making a playoff run and how that did play in their favor. Yeah, uh, I don't have anything else from it. I I like the second two episodes more than the first two because I thought it's like a lot more things like you wouldn't have seen or heard and a lot more stuff like I didn't know I was learned in this episode. But it it's really sad that it's come to this where it's the most forward thing I'm looking forward to. Like that didn't make any sense. It's what I'm looking most forward to in the week, and it's kind of sad. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Sunday nights. Now they're lit, man. Sunday night, Jordan night. And I'm, just, yeah. I'm looking at my notes just to see if I wrote anything else. And I took terrible notes. I just wrote MJ no chill. So I literally <laughs> didn't try to take notes on that. But this is the whole podcast. We didn't do a plan a hill to die on in segment. So is there anything else you guys want to get off your chest before we sign off? Shout out to Al Halper. All I have to say. Oh, fun fact: He has a Facebook now, so he's killing it. And thank you for letting me on your podcast. Of course, means, I mean it means so much. I, I just think I'm gonna cry. But guys, <laughs> I need you to rate Charlie on his performance. I'll, I'll give you first. I think you're electric be, talking, but be your background changed a lot. Be honest. No, I give you. I give you a nine. And not a 10 because you didn't watch the second episode of, of uh, the documentary Sunday night. But I also, I, I give Ryan a zero for selling you based on, <laughs> based on the, this podcast. I, I give Ryan a zero out of 10 for his ab Smitty. ability to sell you. I, I'm not a salesman or a lawyer. So <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Zach, anything to say before we head off? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, the fact that you weren't a Patriots fan, I had to deduct a couple points. Okay. Just being a biased person. But you also agreed that LeBron would score 60 points every game. So, I mean, then you get plus points because 
their book, LeBron Haters. Yeah. Uh, like the most of the world. So, I mean, I mean, average. I think we scores, should do. What you got, Smitty? No, finish, finish, finish. <laughs> average all the scores, I give it a solid 8.5. Okay. All right. Pretty solid for the first time. I think it. I think at some point we should actually do a debate on Jordan versus LeBron because you two would probably you both will take Jordan. I mean, uh, LeBron, right? Charlie and Zach, right? And, and Brian, you and I would both take Jordan. Oh boy! So maybe at I, the end of this documentary, we could do a debate. <laughs> I never said that I would take LeBron, but I don't know. Oh. I, I I think that I think that Ryan in particular is a LeBron hater for no for no good reason. <laughs> Fact. Fact. For no just good a reason spite. Though. Just uh, a spite. A great reason. Before we head off, I'm just going to give you my preview because I want to do this episode now. And a LeBron versus George episode where, where Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp just going at it, or Stephen A and Skip Bayless just attacking each other. Where LeBron James is all about himself. Like he trusts, he'll turn anything into himself. Because all he cares about is marketing. Jordan, Jordan's the same way, but Jordan does it so much more subtly, so much more cleverly. And to LeBron James is not my most hated player. If you go on my Twitter or listen to any podcast, you'll know who my most hated NBA player of all time is. LeBron's number two. And want to know who else? Who's number one? Yeah. Do you know who it is, or do you want me to tell you? No, I, I don't know. Who I it know is. who it is. But you guys should know. It's Kyrie Irving is the most. Oh yeah, dude! Don't get Ryan started. Ever, I, hate I honestly Kyrie. think I'd agree with you. Like, I think I'd agree with you after what happened in Boston. I think I hate him more than LeBron now. Kyrie has no, like, like I'm sure he gives to charity, and I'm sure he's a good guy in that sense. But anything outside of that, he has no redeeming qualities. How do you know? You don't Ryan, know him. Relax, bro. Relax, I don't know him. It's okay. It's okay, Ryan. Relax. <laughs> don't, get, okay. don't get me heated up, bro. Don't get me heated up. <laughs> but we can talk about this another time. I'm, I, I will 100% debate this. 100%. At the conclusion, at the conclusion of the documentary's airing, we should. Right. Char- Charlie, yeah. if you want to come back on, you'd have to take the LeBron James side. No, you don't have to. I'm, I'm fine you with know you. No, three, you don't. A 3-1. I'm, I'm a, I mean, LeBron came back with a 3-1 deficit. I can beat you guys 3-1. I knew you were going to say that. that. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Okay. Um, I, got, I can definitely argue LeBron. I can do that. All right. I mean, you got to argue with your – what you actually believe in. We don't – I don't want to push your values on someone. On to you, bro. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I think it's Jordan, but I also like a good debate, so I could definitely do LeBron. Okay. Well, until the next one podcast, that'll be that'll be a few weeks down the road because now I'm I'm pumped up for that. Just one episode only debating that that will be hilarious. It's, it's legit going to be two hours long. It will be. <laughs> there will be <laughs> feelings will be hurt, and we'll go into boys and come out as men. We might not we might not podcast for for another week because I mean we're going to be so mad. <laughs> the beef will be still on fire. But until the next one podcast, thank you for listening. I'm Ryan Connolly, along with Brent Smith, Zach Maharo, and guest Charlie the Jew Newman. He's an ass wow. man. Until the Great next nickname. one podcast. Great nickname, asshole. <laughs> 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 but thank you for listening and
Hope you're happy. Yeah. <laughs>